Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, April 8th. I'm Nyla Boudou, and here's how we're making you smarter today. The rules of international travel while vaccinated and debunking misinformation about Colorado's voting laws. But first, President Biden's corporate tax plan is today's one big thing. Yesterday, the Treasury Department released details of President Biden's proposal to increase corporate taxes over the next 15 years. This would raise $2.5 trillion to pay for Biden's massive jobs and infrastructure plan. Felix Salmon is Axios' chief financial correspondent and here to break all of this down for us. Good morning, Felix. Good morning, Nyla. How much would these proposals change the current corporate tax rate? It would go up from 21% to 28%, which is more or less where it was before Trump cut it at the beginning of the Trump administration. I wonder if you can explain something to me. It would take 15 years to raise the money to cover eight years worth of infrastructure plans. How does that work? It would take a bit longer. So we're going to need to borrow some of the money or we're going to need to raise some more taxes somewhere else. There's definitely been talk about the carried interest tax loophole, capital gains taxes on individuals. There are other tax hikes which the government might want to do and which might help pay for the infrastructure plan. But right now, you're absolutely right. This on its own doesn't look like it's going to 100% cover the cost of infrastructure. But the fact is that no one really expected that it would. The infrastructure bill is important and it can be paid for in part by tax hikes and in part by just borrowing. States often compete with each other when it comes to corporate tax rates, saying, hey, move here. Our corporate tax rate is lower. How does this work at a global level? Where does this put the U.S. in terms of competition with other countries? So the U.S. now has an extremely low corporate tax rate compared to other countries. Our official corporate tax rate, as we just mentioned, is 21%. The effective corporate tax rate, if you're a large U.S. multinational and you're looking at your U.S profits is about 7.7%, which is extremely low. And it's only about half what it used to be just a few years ago. So there's a lot of room for that to come up and to become much more normalized in terms of what most other countries charge. But there are other countries, obviously, that charge even less. Ireland is famous as being a tax haven. Switzerland, the Bahamas, there are lots of tax havens out there. And what big multinational companies do is they park all of their profits in tax havens with zero corporate taxes, and they get away with paying low taxes. So the other big part of this proposal is to try and make sure that companies can't do that anymore, and that no matter where the profits are, they're going to have to pay tax on them. I wonder, does this represent a change in U.S. policy when we think about the way that we're taxing corporations? This is a change in global tax policy. This is something that the OECD, which is this group of rich countries, has been working on for a few years now. And it was never really going to happen so long as Donald Trump was president because he liked American exceptionalism. But now that we have a much more multilateralist administration, it's really quite possible. I mean, this proposal is very close to being fully baked at this point. And it's really possible that it might be implemented as soon as next year. And then wherever you make your profits, if you're a big multinational company, you're going to have to pay corporate tax on them. And that will be new. Felix Salmon is Exus's chief financial correspondent. Thank you. Thank you, Nyla. In 15 seconds, what you need to know about international travel if you're vaccinated.
Welcome back to Axios Today. Nearly one in five Americans are now fully vaccinated. And if you're one of them, you might be itching to travel but may not know what the rules are, especially if you're thinking about leaving the U.S. Axios' transportation correspondent Joanne Muller joins us now from Detroit. Good morning, Joanne. Hi, Nyla. What is the CDC guidance for travel if you're vaccinated? Well, they've just updated their guidance, and they're now saying that if you are fully vaccinated, you no longer have to take a test before going abroad, and you can avoid quarantine when you come back. But you still have to get a test three days before you get on the plane to come back to the U.S. And you're also recommended that you should self-monitor for symptoms and also get yourself tested again three to five days after you return home. So that's what happens on the U.S. side. Where do things stand if people are thinking about other countries? How do they know? Well, this is where it gets really fuzzy and confusing. The fact is, if the CDC says you can travel abroad, it's not a one-sided transaction. A lot of countries are still shut down and their borders are not open for anyone. You know, increasingly, countries that are allowing people to come to their country, some require testing, some require testing and quarantine, and you must, must, must do your homework beforehand. Joanne, is there any onus on the airlines to figure this out? Like, I'm just thinking about when you fly internationally, the airline has to make sure you're able to enter the country before you get on the plane. Is the same true now for COVID? They're trying very hard to stay up with this. But frankly, you know, these governments are changing their rules every week. And so it is a big task to stay on top of it. But for instance, American Airlines, they're working the COVID protocols right into the booking process. So you can book a seat and then the next screen might come up and say, "Okay, you're going to need a COVID test for where you're going. Would you like to book it now? And they have partnered with a lot of labs to make it convenient to get the kind of test that's required for that country at an affiliated lab and get those results so that you know you've got all your documentation, just like a a visa or your passport, all lined up before you board. Lots of work for international travel, but I know a lot of people are interested in this. Axios' transportation correspondent, Joanne Muller. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you, Nyla. Happy travels. Major League Baseball has moved its all-star game from Atlanta to Denver because of Georgia's new voting laws. And now that's causing a spread of misinformation about Colorado's voting laws. Axios' Denver reporter John Frank is here with a reality check. Hey, John. Hey, thanks for having me. John, how is this move to Denver being talked about? In Denver, with great celebration. They're talking about this being a huge impact on the city, up to $190 million local economic impact. But then there's also a lot of scorn being thrown Colorado's way. Who's throwing the scorn? What are they saying? The scorn is coming from conservatives and Republican lawmakers, particularly those outside Colorado. And what they're doing is try to compare Georgia's new voting law to Colorado's election system. And the problem is there's really no comparison. Colorado has a vote-by-mail system. And in Georgia, they're moving away from voting by mail. Now, there's also comparisons when it comes to how many early voting days there are. So Georgia has 17. Here in Colorado, we have 15. But what that ignores is the fact that less than 1% of Colorado's voters actually vote in person. So we actually don't need that many early voting days because we don't have that much demand for it. 
it. And we've got drop boxes everywhere in Colorado, and they're open 24-7. Georgia, on the other hand, is limiting how many drop boxes are available for mail ballots and limiting those hours, often putting them inside buildings so you can't just drop it off at 10 p.m. or 5 a.m. like you can here in Colorado. That's Axios local reporter in Denver, John Frank. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's Thursday, so head over to our website for our updated COVID map. We're tracking new cases in every state over a seven-day period. And the results this week? New York State leads the country in the number of cases, but they saw a decrease. The same can't be said for Michigan and Illinois, which are both seeing large increases in case numbers. Alabama saw a 33 percent drop in new cases, leading Governor Kay Ivey to rescind the statewide mask mandate effective tomorrow. You can find out all the information about your state at Axios.com. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter. My handle is Nyla Voodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.